weekend racing, it's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael and Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of the shows. Real fans look forward to these guys and their last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense, so ladies and gents, Sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show Where you hear the experts speak The Magic Mike Show Tune into the show every week The Magic Mike Show You can trust the show is the bomb Because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com What is going on everybody? Welcome back Magic Mike Show Thursday, what is it? November 30th already. Kind of wild that we are already December tomorrow. Pretty crazy. Back for a Thursday edition here, joined again by Aaron Halterman. I'm Mike Samich. And Aaron, before we look ahead, let's look back a little bit. What did you think of that turfway sequence? A little frustrated that neither of us got there. Yeah, definitely. Um, the the races I went short in were great. They went well. And I was like, oh, man, the, the four winning the last race, that was my strongest opinion. And so it's like, boy, you should be better than that. But uh, yeah, the middle legs there just uh, kind of fell apart in, in, in legs where I went four deep. I couldn't get there. So yeah, that was frustrating. Yeah, pretty uh, not not the best result ever. I wish I listened to you on the single in the land. I ended up going four out of five um, and left off the 10 who was even money uh, because I ended up singling the two. Uh, so it was one of those frustrating things where every ticket, every horse is on the grid. The thing pays $14,000, have the 12, have the two, uh, the two prices and just kind of couldn't, uh, didn't shorten up in the right spot and get one more deeper in that, that disgusting race with the, the $5,000 maiden claimers. Yeah, I know Doc also got knocked out. He didn't have that 10 involved either. And that was the one, if, you, if you're forgetting, uh, had the first-time starter that was five years old, you know, and we talked about it, and then we talked about the 10 there as well. And, yeah, you loved that two-horse, and uh, it was just one of those races, $5,000 maiden claimers, and it they looked like it on the track. You, you watch it, and it's like, well, that looked like a pretty disgusting race, and it, it couldn't <laughs> look like anything but, right? I mean, that's that's just what we had. Yeah, definitely not the, not the prettiest race. We're going to head to Aqueduct for this Saturday. we got four graded stakes races. Uh, but before we get into that, I wanted to ask you a question about the second race because I know that uh, you generally handicap all the races, look ahead a little bit. So I'm sure you're already done with Aqueduct on Saturday. We're kind of in that, hey, let's look at some of these two-year-olds who are debuting. Are there going to be any horses that are derby contenders from it? And this specific race jumped off the card a little bit for me not sure yeah. what you thought of it uh but we've got you know first off some expensive horses the four horse a million dollar horse a couple horses here over that two hundred thousand dollar we got a homebred uh that was two hundred fifty thousand dollars with the six who's a morning line favorite anyone jump out here that you were kind of interested either in this race or down the line yeah, two horses definitely interesting in the six that you mentioned, Ignite the Light. This is a horse that got beat by a couple horses that we'll talk about uh, here in a second. So I don't want to mention them even right now, but we'll talk about it. And so we'll kind of see if the six runs well. You know, what does that do for the horses uh, running in the rims? And so that one jumped out at me. I thought the five was pretty interesting to me as well. Uh, D'Angelo really is a Gulfstream guy, but he's brought this one up to Aqueduct here, uh, you know, and get Saez aboard. So I'm sure this horse traveled with a couple of other ones. So I, I thought the five showing up in this race was pretty interesting as well. But I mean, you could you could just keep on going. There's there's a lot of ones, but five, six uh, make a lot of sense to me. And I thought the Gargan first time started the eight uh, cool operator. Another one. I'm with you. I think one of these horses is bound to be pretty good. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if they they kind of take that New York step forward. We'll see what they end up doing. Rodney mentioned the Dutro Barn is fire. Man, he is cooking better than Walter White right now. I got to say, he is uh, everything he sends out 
is absolutely running, and it's been that way for for a month. He's clicking off at over 30% at Aqueduct, had another win again today, obviously won the Breeders' Cup Classic, uh, even has six seconds at Aqueduct, so could be a higher percentage. Uh, he's going to come up a couple times on this card. How, what's, what are you doing with Dutch or horses right now? Using them, period. <laughs> no, honestly, right. like I said, again, hey, I don't want to spoil what we're going to talk about, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to use him on this sequence a couple times. So, um, look, you're right. He, he, he's running very well. This is the guy, you know, maybe some newer people don't even know who this is. This is a guy that was very successful. Now, you want to talk about what happened with him and his suspension and everything like that. You can, but this was a guy that was very, very successful up there on the Naira circuit and, and really everywhere he went. So it's not surprising, but boy, he definitely has gotten back quickly and in a big way. Yeah, I, I, highly successful. Uh, if you want to Google it, just Google Dutro suspension. He was suspended for 10 years. Uh, a lot of noise around that, whether or not it was justified for the length of the suspension, uh, but was always considered a very good horseman, wherever, however you want to take that, uh, inside the industry. And obviously helped way to Barrio quite a bit. That horse took a step forward after switching over Barnes. And uh, like I said, it's been absolutely fire at Aqueduct. So Interesting pick five here. we got four graded stakes, but we're going to kick it off with one at a little bit lower level where we agree to. So without further ado, riders up. up. All right, we're back here covering the late pick five from Aqueduct. We'll kick it off with Aqueduct's sixth race on Saturday. Non-winners of one allowance, three-year-old and up, competing for $90,000. Going seven furlongs over that Aqueduct dirt course. And uh, Aaron, I'll kick this off with you. We both found a single in this sequence. We both think a couple races in this sequence are incredibly difficult. We both singled the same race. It's this race. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't even know until we looked at the tickets. Uh, talk to me about the three overstep. We're both singling here. Yeah, we're both going to single here. I was surprised we both uh, got to this. Well, I guess not that surprised. I, I looked at it like this. I think the four stakes races coming up here are, are difficult, varying degrees of difficulty, like you kind of said. I think it gets harder as we go along, actually. But yeah, the sixth race, you know, uh, again, I, I, I'm huge on replays. Uh, and I really just went back and watched the number three overstep uh, the four races this horse had. And Look at the race last time out specifically. He was kind of motoring a little bit on the front end. He had some horses kind of around him, and uh, he just held him off. And Alster uh, was was uh, uh, closing late, and this horse was able to hold him off. So I just thought he was super impressive. You look at the potential pace set up here. I think he's got it to himself, really. The eight maybe can go out and pressure a little bit, but I think the three overstep gets out to the front, takes him gate to wire. Uh, I, I know a lot of people will say, gosh, long layoff. Not sure about that. When it's Pletcher or when it's Chad Brown, I don't really worry about layoffs. They usually come back and run well. Um, you know, his percentage is talking about Todd Pletcher almost just as good as if they were running on 30 days rest versus 286 days. So I just was all over the number three overstep in this one. Yeah, I mean, he also came off a year and a half layoff and won the first out. So that kind of makes me less concerned about the layoff there. Um, also won his first his debut race. You've got two examples where over longer layoffs, uh, the horse has been able to be successful. Uh, so for me, that that made more sense. I was actually more worried the fact that we're stepping out of state-bred competition here into open company. But as you go through this race, I mean, first off, I agree with you. Like, this is the best horse who has the best pace setup. I talk about it. That's how a lot of my singles come from, where I think I'm getting the best horse who also is either alone on the lead or 
or has the best setup coming off it. You're going to have the other main competitors be in a speed duel. Well, Oversteps the fastest horse and he's the best horse. And so that to me sets up to play the, the three. But the other part of it was, if not him, then who? Right. I mean, like it, to me, the next two in were the nine and the two. They both got claimed out of a $50,000 race by Linda Rice and are both showing up here in an N1X allowance. And so if the two horses that I'm most interested in are taking what are pretty significant class jumps, it's hard for me to really get around the horse that I think is the best horse in the race. And I think Linda's going to beat us if we get beat. Uh, it, it just kind of feels like that yeah. kind of race. Um, we talk about her a lot when she claims one and then protects next time out. It is a good sign. But yeah, I mean, I think your point is valid. You know, she she claimed the two off Brad Cox. I mean, you know, Brad's not going to just drop one for no reason. So he didn't think too highly of that of the two power seeker, even though he ran okay. And then, like I said, Dark Vector, another one uh, she claims out of the same race. And it's like that, you know, those races weren't bad, but yeah. like it's it's not overstep. No, and, and well, if one of them gets you, who do you think it is? Oh boy, that's a good question. Probably the eight. I, I don't know. It just feels like it gets gets uh, 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 Ortiz aboard. I just kind of feel like that's probably the one she thinks the most of. But again, I think the eight is the one that might be able to go up and put pressure. But I th I just think it's different, you know, going up and putting pressure on claimers versus going up and putting pressures on a nice allowance horse, you know. And I, so that was kind of my thing that I paused a little bit with it and, and ultimately just decided to single. But I think I think the eight's dangerous. Dark Vector is pretty dangerous. Yeah, it's also the one that she claimed, which mm -hmm. I'm surprised is like even allowed that out of the same race, she could claim two as a trainer, but only one as an owner. Yeah, it's weird. So, and you know, there's a she's she's got some stories around the claiming box in New York. There's 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 a history there as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, like to me, I think Dark Vector is the biggest threat uh, outside of uh, outside of the three overstep. But the other part of this is like, Overstep just beat N2X Company. Yes, it was state bred, but it's N2X Company. Now dropping into N1X Company, and and the two horses we're talking the most about, they're competitive, are coming out of a sixty-two thousand dollar allowance. Yeah, it was a Keeneland, but like you go back and last time Dark Vector ran at N1X Company, ran twelfth in a field of twelve. <laughs> like yeah. it wasn't good. So I, we'll see what happens today. But I, I agree with you. We're both single in the three Overstep to kick this thing off. Uh, I think it makes a ton of sense, especially since. Look, the last four races, they are all very difficult. We'll get into those right yeah. now. We'll head over to Aqueduct's seventh race. Uh, this is the grade two Damsel uh, Stakes. Dam Demoiselle? Demoiselle. Demoiselle yeah. Stakes <laughs> for two-year-old Phillies <laughs> going a mile and an eighth over this Aqueduct dirt. And the mile and eighth, it matters because uh, not a distance a lot of two-year-olds have gone this early in their career. So, Aaron, I'll start with you. Where, who do you like on top here? Yeah, this is, I got a little boring as far as who I put on top. I did put number three, Life Talk. I, you mentioned the mile and the eighth. I, I just think the mile and eighth is kind of what this horse wants to do. So um, I, I like her going this distance. She's definitely in the class of the field. Think if just FYI was in this race. I mean, she'd be one to nine. You look at her, got beat three and a quarter and four, and a, uh, three and a half and four and a quarter, I should say, by just FYI. This is a tough race. I mean, I, she isn't like awe inspiring. That's for sure. Talking about the number three live talk, but she's probably good enough to win this race. I, I think she'll kind of stalk the pace and, and, and make kind of make the move. So number three uh, live talk. That's who I put on top.
Yeah, I've got her on top as well. And I think your your assessment of not being awe-inspiring is very accurate. Yeah. Uh, the horse just kind of looks like it, it's a grinder. You know, yeah. it's like you, you don't see that turn of foot. You're not ever convinced the horse is going to win the race when it's in the race. Um, so it's one of those horses where like, hey, uh, it makes a ton of sense. And yeah, just FYI, if she was in here, she's two to five, right? So totally get the use here and think that that just Life Talk makes sense on top. But I, I think Life Talk's pretty beatable in this spot. Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to find a little bit of a price. And I went to the eight horse ringy dingy is my second horse here uh gargan sends this one in from delaware ran a really nice race at aqueduct breaking the maiden was 12 to 1 on that day stretching out the two turns for the first time this horse should absolutely love the stretch out uh, and i don't know if you've noticed this uh katie davis not the best jockey in the world not you know but gargan's been consistently giving her chances in new york when, when he has a very good horse he's letting katie davis ride in a lot of cases and you know you see her as a zero percent jockey over this meet seven percent for the year she's 30 percent with gargan 30 percent. so it tells you how many opportunities he is giving her in new york the fact that she gets this horse so i think is gonna is very well bred for the distance i think takes a step forward going two turns i'm willing to take a price here with connections i don't think you're gonna get bet in this spot at all yeah, I went three deep here, and this was my fourth horse, and maybe I'll end up changing and adding it because you do make a strong case. This horse has been running really well, and yeah, the Katie Davis factor is a big one when you look at when uh, she he, she rides for uh, uh, Gargan, if I could talk. It has been a you know pretty nice little number there. Fifty uh, percent of those have hit the board as well, which shows you that you know if they don't win, they're most of them are firing. Yeah, I, you know I think. Do we trust Delaware? I think that's a big question mark there, but you know, it's not just an overly tough race. So I agree the eight, eight, I didn't use, but I almost did. I, the one, the horse right to the inside, the seven shimmering allure. That's who I put in second. Um, kind of the same kind of thing. Got beat by candied in the Darley Alcibiades, but won the race before that and won the race after that. So it shows you, yeah, that was a pretty tough race. Had to move up in class and didn't run horrible, but, you know, just couldn't get the job done. But the two races, uh, like I said, before and after look sharp. So the seven was the one I had in second here. I, you know, I'm not getting too creative. Yeah, I like the seven, too. I have the seven sitting in third. Uh, it makes sense. The source should ap appreciate the stretch out. Another one that should like the distance has the ability to come from off the pace or sit close. We saw this horse sit close three back at Churchill last time at Aqueduct was way off it. Uh, you would think the two turns won't be an issue, but that one two turned race did leave a, a little something to be inspired. But it was 25 to one that day. So it was a long shot in that spot. So you, you wouldn't want to hold too much against her. Did finish fourth in a field of eight at that price. So I, I think Shimming Allura makes sense here. And I did include her on the ticket. Uh, we went two different directions here for the last horse uh, i'll start i went to dutro <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we talked about this a little bit in the open he's been absolutely on fire adds blinkers here uh for vino rogue uh the four five horse dylan davis takes the mount up uh just missed to shimmling allure last time but if you look at that race shimmling allure came from way off it uh vino rogue was on the lead or close to it no one else really lasted that was close to the lead in that spot so i think that vino rogue ran a really nice race not a ton of speed in this race. And, um, you know, we talked about uh, the Walter White cooking. If, if Vino Rogue can get brave up front, I, I think this horse has a very good chance of taking this field gate to wire. Uh, so I, I use the five on or I use the five as my fourth horse. So I'm going three, five, seven, eight. Uh, did you consider the five at all? Well, okay. I've got good news for you. If you want to take a horse off, that's Anthony Dutro that's trading that oh. one. Not <laughs> Well, he so, probably gave him probably gave him the medicine anyway. 
<laughs> so maybe maybe the brother's helping out there, but I don't know. You know what? I, you know, past that, I did consider the five. I thought the five ran pretty well uh, last time out, first time against Stakes Company. I think this horse, you know, if you're still using it, I don't think it's it's the worst yeah. oh. news. No, I'm, I'm still using it. I, yeah, I like I, the horse on top of the trainer part of it. Yeah, and I think the horse can get out towards the front, and I think that's going to be – Kind of interesting here. Who sets the pace? To me, it's a little bit up in the air. I think the five could. I think the six could. Uh, no, listen, for my last horse on, I used the nine, Caldwell Loves Gold. Uh, I debated between the nine and the two a little bit as well. Uh, Dolomite, which I love the name. But uh, anyway, I ended up on the nine here. I think Cox getting size aboard, that kind of tells me we need to get a little more speed into the horse. And I think that they'll try to ride this horse a little bit more aggressively. You know, it's been four or five links off of the pace when when sprinting, but maybe stretching out to a mile and eighth, breaking from uh, the outside. It's kind of get her out of there, get her get her towards the front, and maybe she can hold on. So I, the nine was the last one I used. Yeah, I looked at both the two and the nine. Um, I don't think the two wants to or the nine wants the distance. That was my my big thing with the nine horse. You look at like the first two races look great sprinting, and then we stretch out and we go to seven furlongs and okay, look a, a good race. Um, and then we go to the mile. I think that mile race was clearly the worst. And you look at the time too, they come back in one thirty-eight and three. So a pretty slow mile. Uh, I have a feeling they'll be stumbling home in this race. I, I, it just feels like the nine is going to be the one, one of the ones that's going to be stumbling home. I thought the two was really interesting too. Neither of us used it. You want to make the case? Yeah. I mean, it ran fantastic last time out, you know, it was two to five though. Took, talking about Dolomite and ran pretty good on debut. Got better there. Uh, I, I kind of did the preview for this race. Uh, that'll come out, I think tomorrow for magic. And, uh, it was, it was just like, I don't really know with his pedigree what ultimately she's going to want to do, I should say. It's a, it's a horse by Unified out of an algorithm's mare, and it's like, I could see this horse being a sprinter, or I could see it running a mile and eighth. It's kind of up in the air what this uh, horse will ultimately want to do, but I thought the improvement last time out by Dolomite was super impressive. It was just a little too much of a question mark for me what, what's going to happen now going a mile and an eighth from a seven furlong race. Yeah, the distance was a question for me too. Uh, we got, I've got Equinedge up there. Their GSR is seventy-eight, which is their breeding metric, second highest breeding metric for this distance for the two horse. So they're they're saying that the two should like the distance. The eight, if you notice, is in the box there. Eighty-six by far the highest, so the well, most well-bred for the distance, which I thought was interesting in this race as well, because it seems like a lot of these are bred to go two turns. The eight still towers above the rest in that spot. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know that I necessarily agree that this uh, this two is the second best bread uh, to go this distance in the race. Um, but it is interesting to see that rating. I, it's it's just kind of an unknown. Um, but listen, I mean, I mean, you would agree the talent was there. It's you know, it's yeah. also New York bread got to step up now. But the talent looked pretty decent on that last race. Yeah, I, interesting to mention the New York bread aspect of this. I don't worry as much about state bread at two as I do when they're older, just because I, I feel like you have the opportunity to take big time jumps forward when I'm handicapping. Would you agree with that? Or you still focus a lot on state bread? Nope. I totally agree with that. And and really it depends on what state you're bred into a little yeah. bit. These New York breads, you've seen them jump up and, and win big races. That's not anything new. Or if I'm handicapping uh, the Arkansas Derby and we got an Arky bread in the race, you do tend to pause a little bit. Yeah, my dad uh, is no longer chucking all New York breads from graded steaks. He used to chuck every single New York bread. Uh, it's like I'd make a case for a horse and be like five minutes into it. He'd just look at me deadpan and be like, she was bred in New York. She can't win a graded steaks. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was the old New York breads. Now the New right. York breads, they are some runners. All right, let's jump over to race number eight on the card here. The Gopher Wand Stakes going a mile over the dirt here. 
Phillies and Mares, three-year-old and up $200,000. We've got a field of seven here. I uh, thought this was the least competitive of the stakes races. Excited to hear your take on this one. I'm only going too deep here. This is my second shortest leg. I know you're going a little bit deeper. Who you got on top? Yeah, I almost went too deep in, as well, um, and I think we would have had a different too deep here, but I ended up going three. Uh, I, on top, I do have the five, Tizzy in the sky. Uh, look, I, I think this horse, you know, last time out, moved up to a stakes race and just got beat in neck, and I think if that race would have been a mile that day, uh, she would have won. So I, I like her in the spot. I like the five quite a bit. Uh, get Sai as a board here, so Sai is on a speed horse. That's never a bad thing. So the five for me on top. And then I had the six, gerrymander, in second. Just a really consistent horse. I'm guessing you're going to make the argument too many seconds and thirds to use in a pick five. But uh, I, I like the six quite a bit here as well. This isn't too hard of a field. Yeah, I um I'm gonna try and beat the six. I like this is just this is a typical Samich is gonna try and beat this horse because the price is gonna be wrong. Um and I yeah. I kind of agree with Equinet here. They have her as a three to two favorite. I think she's gonna go off shorter than that two to one price. I think you're gonna see uh is somewhere in that, you know, six to five, seven to five range when this breaks. And I like the other Chad Brown. I like the seven horse, good Sam, more than I like the six gerrymander. I think there's more upside. And I think gerrymander is gonna get too heavily bet off the last race, which was a match race that she won by twenty five lengths. Like, right. Don't even care. That to me is a complete cross off. And, and the pressure from the five tizzy in the sky, I think, makes all the difference in the world here. To me, this just sets up really well for good Sam because I think tizzy in the sky 100% sends from the five. The six gerrymander is going to, I'm guessing, press or sit right outside. And the seven is going to sit right behind the two of them and just have the catbird seat. And, and to me, that's the spot that you want to be in here. If I was using anyone else, I'd be going to the two Dr. B instead of the six gerrymander uh, if I was going to go three deep in this spot. But I think Tizzy in the Sky represents the speed that I want, and Good Sam represents the horse that's kind of getting it the trip uh, that I, I think is best. And, you know, when you – I'd have the seven on top, Good Sam. This horse has been solid. I mean, this is this is a three-year-old who, yeah, we're stepping up a little bit, but just carrying 118, I think that's a positive. Uh, was is two for two without running with Lasix, so I don't have to worry about that. The first off the layoff, I thought was exceptional against three-year-olds and up. Ends up running a career best buyer, going seven furlongs that day. The mile should be absolutely no problem. Has already won at this distance over the track. Yeah, it's a step up in competition, but where else do you want this horse to go at this point? You know, I mean, back to back to back and two X's, second, second and first in those races. Uh, and you get or uh, you get Irad, too. I mean, I thought that was interesting that Irad's going to going to stay here on good Sam. Yes, rode this horse on every single every single mount, but it is a Clarevich horse with gerrymander. And this would be one of those spots where you could choose to go to gerrymander if you wanted to. Uh, so I, I think it's all systems go here for the seven. So I was seven five. Um, I would use the two next versus the six. Well, I mean, for all those reasons, that's why I went five, six, seven in this because, uh, you know, I, I was sitting there five, six and I just kept looking at good Sam and really watching the the last two work or not last two workouts, the last two races specifically. And it's like, yeah, this horse is pretty good. That last race was really solid uh, once she got to this track. And I, I, you know, I think that's a big factor. She's two for two over the track. Uh, our shoes, excuse me, three for three over the track. You Belmont at the big A is aqueduct for anybody that didn't know. So three for three over this track and really never got close to being beat. So I'm with you. I think the seven's going to be really tough. I just went three deep here, used the three logical and uh, moved on to what's going to be a really tough last two races. Any concern about the two Dr. B or the three Vente Val Valentine? The more so the three. Um, I, I almost used the three. This is an inconsistent horse, but at times can really jump up and run big races. You know, famous last words. I wasn't all that concerned with the two. I I think I've got the horses to beat the the two, but the three at 12 to one, 
I question that she's actually going to be that price, but if she is, that's that's a dangerous horse. Yeah, my only issue with the three is there's not a race on the paper that wins it. That like she's probably got to run her career best race, and that's why you're getting twelve to one. I would want to make sure I'm getting twelve to one on this horse, though. Like I, I would have a significantly less interest at like six to one or five to one, somewhere in that range. Yeah, it, 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 she's just one of those types that. You see your name in the in the win column on the results every now and then. You go, oh yeah, that horse is still running and winning. That good for her type of thing. You know what I mean by that? It's like she's never really going to blow you away, but she just finds a way to kind of win races like this every once in a while. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I I I, I think the two is a little interesting. Depending, on, I don't want four to one. That was one of the main reasons I didn't yeah. go three deep here. Um, faced Echo Zulu two and three back, so a little bit better class. Uh, actually, won this race. Last year on December 3rd at Aqueduct, I uh, went gate to wire with Irad Ortiz Jr. board. So has had success over the track. This seems like a much more difficult version of this race. Bank Sting and Betsy Blue ran second and third that day. Uh, I would say that all three on the outside are better than those two. I would think so. Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> we'll find out <laughs> on Saturday. All right. I'm kind of going fast through this race because I'm excited to talk about the next two races. Yeah. And it's funny. Because Rodney tells me I'm chalking out. I have a 20 and 30 to 1 shot in the last race. I think the Met Mile is wide open. But before that, you went five deep in the ninth race here. So I, I'm interested to hear the take here. This is the Remsen two-year-olds going a mile and an eighth over this dirt course. $250,000 purse. The penultimate leg of the pick five. Uh, this is wide open, dude. Who do you got on top? Yeah, it's 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 a lot of horses that I, I, they're in that kind of, I think they might be okay, but... I can't really trust them either. Uh, I put the number three doorknock on top. I I have really liked this horse. Um, I was there when 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 doorknock uh, debuted at Saratoga. He had a lot of hype around him. He got bet pretty hard. He kind of got it was. I'm not gonna call it a bad trip, but he just kind of got caught up a little bit inside of horses. And once he finally got going, he ran okay. Just got beat by Caesar the Gray, who ran really good that day. Went up to Monmouth as a maiden, got beat by noted uh, in a stakes race, but still ran a good second. I just thought last time out at Keeneland, the threes light bulb came on, man. I, he just looked different. And I know it's like it's a maiden, especially when he's two to five. That's what he should have done. And yeah, that's true. But you watch his stretch runs, the first two races versus that last one. He just looked a little bit different. He had a, He had his game face on, so to speak. So I put the three on top. I'm pretty excited to see what he does here. In second, I've got the horse that won the local prep race for this. The number eight, where's Chris? Chris, excuse me, for Rick Dutra, won the uh, Nashua Stakes, like I said last time out. I don't know, man. He looked really good in that race. He really seemed to improve off of the first two races where he was not bad, but not great. I think where's Chris? If he runs back to that's going to be tough as well. So I went five deep, but my top two were the three and the eight. Yeah, this is the Dutro I left off that I'm very scared of. Uh, where's Chris? Who like, look, we said Dutro been running, winning everything. He's uh, what is he? I think he's seven for twenty one now at Aqueduct so far in the meet after today. Um, yeah. The fact that it's Castillo who's on it was kind of the the part that I was like, well, you know, if this was Irad, this would be a horse I would 100 percent be using because we've seen Irad get a lot of the big time outs for him. Um, I just couldn't do it with the eight. I, I don't hate it at all at six to one. I went with a four horse moonlight on top here in this spot. Uh, this is a horse for Pletcher that I think they thought was going to be a better grass horse. And they kind of realized he's not, um, especially that that race two back uh, over this course breaks the maiden runs a 90 buyer looked very, very good doing it. Takes a step forward, goes into the street sense at Churchill. And I thought ran like really well in that race. 
uh, was kind of wide throughout most of the race, was able to then make a move, ends up running second in that spot. It was just a field of five. I think it's a really nice trip today. There's quite a bit of speed in here. Um, Doorknock, I think, is going to be part of that pace, obviously, but it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out early. I think Moonlight might be the big beneficiary of how it plays out if he can sit right behind that pace and be able to make a move around the far turn. So I had the four on top, and uh, I have Doorknock in third. I'm going four deep here. I really like the two-horse domestic product. Uh, Ten to one on the morning line. This is a horse who, again, going to be involved in the pace, so we'll see where this horse ends up sitting. Manny Franco rides this horse, and it's kind of the the other other type Chad Brown here in this spot. Um, but like... It, when you looked at this horse and you look at that first race specifically, and so, you know, we talk about maidens at Saratoga all the time. That race on August 5th had just steel BU locked end up running, ends up running third ozone runs fourth. Lock didn't take a ton of money that day, but obviously we know ended up being a very good horse. The other three in front of them took a bunch of money and domestic products, still just five and a half to one in that spot. And so I love the fact that there was some hype on debut it didn't go very well. Like it just, the horse had a terrible break. Didn't really have a chance after that. Pratt kind of wrapped the horse up when you watch the replay comes back at a mile and an eighth. Mm -hmm. That's wild for a practical joke to say, you know what? After that race, we're going to come back off this layoff and we're going to go a mile and an eighth. It tells me that this was the race they were thinking about off of that. And the horse was able to respond to it, able to be close to the pace, make a nice move, get the job done. Franco stays aboard, uh, the blinkers were now second time blinkers. I think that's a positive. All of Brown's stats are very good off this type of thing. The, the layoff length, the second off the layoff, won the last start. You know, Franco's 28% with him at this track, 24% over the last two years. Uh, domestic product's the only horse that has won at this distance. And we're getting yep. 10 to 1. And he did it off the bench while adding blinkers. I, I think that's just a really, really impressive thing to pull. It's a strong case. Uh, I did not use him, and I could be uh, regretting that for sure. I, I do think it, it, it's a pretty strong case. Uh, that was a nice race last time out. Really improved. You mentioned the maiden special weight that domestic product came out of. Another race where I was there at Saratoga, and and you know it's it's funny how things work out. Bu was a Pletcher horse that was supposed to be yep. a real stud, right? He's still a maiden. Yeah. Locked was the other Pletcher horse of that race. He lost to BU. He went on to be a grade one winner, finished third in the Breeders' Cup. But anyway, it was a strong race. That's the point of it. Just steal, not a bad horse either, who who upset BU and knocked me out of a nice uh, payout because it went four out of five and singled BU. But that's another story. Yeah. Uh, I, I knew that race would uh, open a wound for you. Oh, boy. And it, if you watch that race back, just a, just a heartbreaker. It looks BU like was, BU was a 10, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. It, it looked like BU had it the whole way. Um, anyway. <laughs> He anyway, still a maiden. Anyway, uh, you used a 10 to one. I used a 10 to one as well. A different one, though. I like the number five drum roll. Um, some of the stuff you said you can kind of apply to drum roll a, a little bit as well. He came out of uh, that maiden special weight that Doorknock got second at uh, over there at uh, at Saratoga. And so obviously we know there's good horses there. He then runs into Locked, who came out of that race that we just talked about with BU and then dominated that maiden special weight at Saratoga. So Two pretty tough races. Last time out, stretched out or stretched out again, I should say, to a mile here over this track. Had a nice uh, performance. Got uh, one by two links. I thought it was really nice. Changed to Castellano that day. Comes back here. Samich, I, I see a ton of speed, and I don't really think this horse needs the lead, but I also think he's fast enough to get in position. So I use the five for Brad Cox here. I think Drummer Please is interesting at that price. 
Yeah, we're going to have some uh, some agreement on this one. I ended up going four deep, and I went uh, two, three, four, five here in this okay. spot. I I, uh, I think that it's interesting that Cox also calls on the services of Castellano, uh, who rode this horse last time and has obviously had a phenomenal year. But that race against Locke, to me, was the big thing, right? I, first off, ran well in that first race, but that was over a sloppy track. Horse didn't seem to love it. Kind of ran in place a little bit. The two efforts over the fast track, I thought, were both very good. Nothing you can do against Locke. Just absolutely no match for that horse. But guess what? Locke would be a, a short price in here. Um, comes back, and I, I thought ran really, really well, especially considering the pace. I mean, they flew early. And yeah, it kind of stumbled home a little bit. But uh, being in the nine post at Aqueduct, going a mile, it, when they go 45 and change as a two-year-old, not a wonderful spot to be in because you, you kind of have to end up wide and you got people backing up around you. So I thought that was a really nice race from Drumroll, please. And again, the price I think is right here. I don't think Drumroll, please, is going to get the lead, but I don't necessarily think that he needs to. And, and you know, 10 to 1, willing to take a shot there. Uh, in what a race is, what it feels like a race that's absolutely wide open. Uh, we didn't get to the one horse who is projected to be one of the favorites here um and and one of the the highest win percentage on the board there you use the seven sierra leone you want to talk about this one fifth horse on and almost left the, the horse off but uh decided to put on last minute because i had a little bit in the budget and ended up going five deep here instead of five deep in the next race um look i, I don't think this was a, a world beating debut from this horse only has one race and it was that maiden special weight win uh, it was a nice effort though closed up pretty nicely uh, I put her, I put him on the ticket. I'm gonna, always going to call her her with that name, but I'm going to put him on the ticket. I've seen Chad Brown debut horses and they don't run all that great, but they win. And then their next race is much better. And that's why I put, put the seven on the ticket. It, Chad Brown's not one that just, Hey, they're going to pop right out of the gate. You know, he kind of plays the long game. So I use the seven. I'm not overly you know, confident, uh, in this horse's ability, but at the same time, it's just the factor of the probably going to see an improvement. If this horse is very good, I don't really care that the horse got purchased for over $2 million. I, you know, I just, it's one of those things. There's certain, you know, owners that they can, they can pay it. And, and it's just, that is what it is. Right. I mean, I, that doesn't really sway me one way or another. Yeah, $2.3 million son, $2.3 million son of Gunrunner <laughs> out of a Malibu moon mare. Uh, do you know what this name Sierra Leone means? No. Oh, okay. It's it's where they get all the blood diamonds from in Africa. Oh, really? Yeah, not a female's name. It, oh. uh, it's it's a place where they get all the blood diamonds from. And so Kanye West is wrapped about. It. I believe Leonardo DiCaprio was in Sierra Leone in Blood Diamond as well. Huh. Um, so that's where that's where the name comes comes from. That would explain why I don't know anything about that. So yeah, there you go, <laughs> movie and rap reference. Uh, I didn't use a seven. Like I, I was shocked that Manny Franco didn't stay on this horse, and that was a big thing for me, especially when I liked the horse Manny Franco went to. Um, I. I I mean, like a lot of times, I think too much gets put into does the jockey have the choice? And I read, obviously, Jose Ortiz, very good jockey, but it uh, just was a surprise to me that, that Manny Franco ends up on the two if this horse was all that in the bee's knees and all, you know? And like, yeah, I, I, to me, that switch was a, a pretty telling thing because Manny Franco's been getting a lot of very good Chad Brown mounts, especially on the dirt. And here we are on the dirt, two of them, and he chooses the 10 to one shot and not the $2.3 million purchase, who's four to one. I think the one kind of rebuttal is that Manny Franco was on this horse and it debuted at Aqueduct during the Breeders' Cup. Uh, so maybe it was just like, well, we got to throw Manny on there, but we really want, you know, Jose to ride. I, 
Yeah, I guess I'm playing devil's advocate more than rebuttal because I agree. I, I never like that when we're switching jockeys after a win. So I get, I get what you're saying. That may be the reason why, I guess. Yeah, I, no, that's a good point. Uh, obviously, you didn't have all the big guys out in New York that weekend. But it, to me, yeah, if, if you win on both horses, generally, and yeah. obviously there are some circumstances where it's not, but generally you get your pick, right? And so it's uh, interesting there that goes to two Sierra Leone, uh, a former French colony. Robin chiming in as well there in Africa. So a little history lesson here on the Magic Mike show with special guest Aaron today. Let's head over to the last race of the day. The big one, the banger, the $500,000 grade one cigar, grade two. Why is this a grade two? I'm surprised oh, just, it's grade two. It's absolutely crazy. They degraded the uh, Cigar Mile and the Clark, uh, which was last week. Uh, they used to be grade ones. Now they're grade twos. I, I don't know. I mean, it literally just slipped out of, out of like tongue because it's always been a grade one. Uh, so yeah, grade two, Cigar Mile. Kind of a bummer because Cigar, freaking phenomenal horse. If you never watched the Cigar YouTube of all his wins, go check that out. I yeah. uh, got to see him in person a couple times. Breeders' Cup, which was a phenomenal win, and the uh, Citation Challenge as well, which was fun at Arlington. R.I.P. Arlington. Uh, anyway, cigar mile here, half a million dollars. Uh, highly competitive field. I went five deep. I'm taking some swings. Aaron, do you uh, you on my side here? This is a wide open race. Yeah, I hate this race. Uh, I I went four <laughs> deep, and I don't feel great about it. Um, yeah, we're using six of the ten horses between us. Gosh, six of the twelve. It doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. I. I kind of just decided, all right, you're going to have to take some stands here. Uh, you're just going to have to do it and hope you get it right. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I kind of like Senior Buscador on top. I say that with a chuckle because, come on now, it's, it is what it Goodness. is. Listen, I here's the deal. You look at the pace of this race. To me, he is getting the absolute perfect setup. There's so much speed, at least there if on is. paper and the way I look at it, Mike, there's so much speed. I think I think Aqueduct plays to closers a little bit. I think the number three senior Buscador, he's going to be flying. I really believe that. He's beaten better horses in this in the past. He's been competitive with better horses than this. I get it. You're like, yeah, I don't want to mess with him. I think he'll run pretty well. I like the three on top. I think he's going to run pretty well because of what I was talking about. I think this could be the time for the number seven, three technique. I think we've seen some races where he hasn't really got the great pace set up. I think he'll get it here. He's another one taking a class drop. So I use the three and the seven as my first two choices here. We had a very similar uh, thought process in handicapping this race. I, I agree with you. This screams collapse. Like there, there's just there, either one horse gets loose. Um, and I have a specific horse. I think that that has a shot of getting loose or this thing absolutely collapses. Um, and, and it's all these horses that are forwardly placed don't really have a shot at being able to win. So, um, I, I actually put the three senior Buscador on top too. I, I thought the pace just wow. sets up so well for this horse. Um, I, I, like it's also a pretty significant drop in class. I realize we're cutting back in distance. Horse is two for three at a mile. It's not like he hasn't been able to run at a mile. It's not like he hasn't been able to win when they go fast at a mile. He won the ACAC at Churchill. They went 45 and three that day. He was three lengths off the lead. Yep. 45 and three. This is a very talented horse that I think people just kind of assume is a dead closer. Now, that was a while ago. We'll see if we still have that same early speed to be able to kind of stay in touch with this. But even if not, I think that there's a big chance that this horse can run huge here. So I, I agree. I put the three on top. I put the five. Uh, Dr. Ardito in second here. Uh, eight yeah. to one in the morning line. 
this was kind of my three technique. I was between the two of them. It's kind of where I wanted to go. Yeah, three technique dropping a little bit. Like, But I'm not really going to give him credit for the Breeders' Cup sprint, <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. Uh, the race prior to that, the ACAC against Zozos, I thought was pretty good. But you go back to the wins, it's like, who do we beat? Like that was my biggest thing. Like the the Jay Nered or like synthesis, really Candyman Rocket. Okay, you know, but there's just no one that kind of gives me that. Oh yeah, that's the horse that's that's really good, <laughs> and lost us in your Buscador at a mile in the Akak last year. So that was the reason I kind of went away from the seven. Um, the five, Doctor Adito here. This is a horse that loves Aqueduct. Five for seven at Aqueduct. Five for eight at the distance. This is a little bit of a step up um, and was in better form last year than this year. But I think part of that also is just kind of how this horse has been able to run. I think the price is right here and was only a half length by ever so mich- behind ever so mischievous, uh, who is going to be, I think, your favorite when they actually break from the gate in this spot. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but I, I thought the five is a great setup as well. It should be absolutely flying late. Did you use the five? I did not use the five. That was one uh, I... I took off. I did the original ticket. You know, I had the five on, but I was, I was a little bit over budget. So, all right, that's going to be the one I cut. And it's so funny. We, we had a lot of different horses used, but you said it. I sat down and go, okay, do I want the five or do I want the seven? One of those two are going to have to go. And I chose the seven. So, <laughs> and you chose the five. So we'll see what happens there. But obviously, no, I, I, I it's a good use. I, I think, I think for sure it is. Um, we, I, I want to go back. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'd say we agree on the two. Yeah. So that, we're both using the two. You want to use ever some, tell us about ever some mistress. It's so funny because that's the one I was want to talk about. And you know why I wanted to talk about it? Cause you made the, you made a, a point of, I think one horse might get loose or might get not, maybe not loose, but get ahead of the, of the, the, the Calvary of speed. For me, it's the two. I think drawn inside. I just kind of think this horse can get, the position uh, as long as as long as he breaks well get the position of kind of getting in front of all those horses to his outside so i think the two is the speed horse that uh, you want in this one so yeah the two was uh, a third horse on my ticket so i i have ever so mistress in third and the i like i don't think the two needs the lead and that's why i ended up using this horse all four victories not in the lead at the half mile point. I thought that was a very, very positive sign for Ever So Mischievous. Uh, the Broke the Maiden was in fourth. All the rest were in second. I think Ever So Mischievous lets him go and just sits on the okay. rail and says, hey, I'm going to try and trip out here. I'm going to come right up the inside, swing off the rail, two, three path, whatever I need to do around the turn, and I'm going to have first run on whoever's going to be in the lead. Give me 20 to 1 here on Casillas, the four horse. I mentioned the other, other, other Chad Brown. This is the other, other, other Chad Brown. I thought it was really interesting that this horse ends up showing up in this spot. Uh, you get in the price, first off. I absolutely love that. Jose Ortiz stays aboard. This horse ran second last time out. First time off, nearly a year layoff. Lost to Signator, who uh, ended up winning the t- next time out after that. That was over the slop. The horse, I think, likes the slop, doesn't love it. Has run first and third, or second and third in those two races. It's a, a son of into mischief out of war, Warriors Reward Horse, a three chimney homes bred. I think this horse has a huge chance to take a step forward. I think is the most likely horse to get the lead because I, I don't think ever so mischievous goes. And I think the four then inherits the inside speed aspect of this and tries to take this field gate to wire. I don't know if we're good enough to do it. I don't know if we can shake loose. Um, but at 20 to one, I am willing to take a chance. And a big part of this to me too is Chad Brown has the 10, accretive. Chad Brown has the uh five dr erudito this horse doesn't need to be in this race 
this is a pretty aggressive placement for this horse. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if this one stays in because I, after you see the breakdown of it, I, I wouldn't be shocked if this is a scratch because they don't want to run him against this field with this speed right out of the gate. But uh, if the four Casillas stays in, I think he has got a, a decent chance of going gate to wire to monster number. See, I watched this horse a couple times today, watched the replays back. I don't think it's a bad use. I didn't use it. I My issue slash problem is kind of what you just mentioned. This is a horse that really hasn't faced a lot of pace pressure. Yep. And I, if he was mine, I would just kind of look at the situation and go, you know, I think we can find a little bit easier of a spot for him to kind of maybe face pace pressure, but not this, this amount, you know? <laughs> so it's a little aggressive. <laughs> it is. It is aggressive use. And again, what, but what you're saying is true. That is a good sign that they're being aggressive with this horse. They like it or, you know, you know the connections like this horse, obviously I, I just, I'm a little bit worried about the pace. I, you know, I, that was kind of my big deal with the four, but I, again, I, I, I watched this horse back and, and I say, man, he's got some talent. And I thought the race last time out off that long of a layoff, Man, he fought it. He didn't just yep. give the lead up and kind of quit. He just kind of, you could tell, yeah, I'm just a bit short to kind of hold off a pretty nice horse. So I can't really argue a lot of your points. I just say my negative is I just, I don't know what kind of trip he's going to get. I'm really worried that he might kind of get burned out a little bit here. Did you see who he beat to break his maiden? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the summer cause and Tappa Trice. So I've you, heard of that listen, horse. you got to, if you beat Tappa Trice, you got to be a superstar, right? You got to be good. Other thing I thought was really interesting. I didn't know Jose Ortiz was a bug jockey. What do you mean? Carrying 114. Really? I didn't even 114. That. that was the other reason I liked him. <laughs> oh, yeah. I see that now. The 114. That's, I guess, just, you know, all the allowances of uh, running in this big race without, you know, running in a stakes race, blah, blah, blah. Wow. Well, the, the cigar mile is a handicap. So if you've had success, you're going to carry more weight. Yeah. This horse is, has not had the same success on the track that a lot of these other horses have. So you get a essentially a bug jockey weight with Jose Ortiz on a speed horse. Well, all right. You said it. It's a lock. It's a lock. All right. You used, <laughs> the other Chad Brown. You used a creed of the 10. Make the case. You know how you were talking about the two ever so mischievous, uh, you know, doesn't need the lead, but can be forwardly placed. I think accretive is that horse uh, in this race for me. So the 10 accretive, you look there, uh, you know, you look at his races. Yeah, he he can go to the lead and be fine. But you also, you know, you look at the like the allowance for races back, man, just kind of sat off of it and then and then pounce. You look at the race last time out was four links off of it, pounced, uh, got third, beaten a half length. I just feel like if we can sit, you know, on this outside, the key's going to be let's get in a like fifth position, about two, three wide, not be real wide going into that last turn, or, or I guess the only turn uh, in this case. But let's not get too wide on the turn. Let's let's be forwardly placed enough to be ahead of a few of them. But I really think in the stretch, if this thing starts to back up, he's going to be full of energy. So I, I think the ten accretive makes a little bit of sense as kind of that stalker that I want to use. Yeah, I, I just had a problem with how he lost the last race where like the yeah, two was in front of him, one. the five came from behind and he ended up running third. Like, so you did, he wasn't able, able to beat the horse that that was slowing down and he wasn't able to beat the horse coming from behind. And like, I wanted him to beat one of those two and I didn't think the setup was bad. I thought he had every opportunity to get by and just uh, wasn't as good that day as the other two. So at the price I think he's going to be, I ended up leaving a creative off. Um, I went to right to his inside and took a 30 to one shot at Castle Chaos. And I'm just going to 
root for a little bit of chaos here. Uh, this is your collapse horse. Like if this thing, if shit hits the fan, Castle Chaos could be the one running right through it and trying to, to run them down here at 30 to 1. The last time out, going a mile at Aqueduct, ran a race that is good enough to compete with a lot of these. Now, that's the only pay race on the page that is. So to be totally fair, I need him to improve off a career best effort. But like this is, again, a race where I feel like it's wide open, especially because of the pace setup. And this horse, I think, sits a really nice trip here. That mile was in 134 and 2. Like the the 49er was in 135 and one. I like he, he was a almost through a full second faster than the graded stakes that the two, the five, and the ten are all coming out of. Now I, I realize like, yes, we're taking a step forward here, but to me, we're getting the right price to be able to do so. And I, like I think this is wide open. So I'm I'm willing to take a shot here with a 30 to one shot in Castle Chaos. Yeah, he hasn't been in horrible races, like you kind of mentioned there. Times have been pretty good and I definitely think he's a horse that's going to need a lot of help. I, yep. There's no doubt about that. But again, I, I'm kind of projecting that he's going to get that help. <laughs> so uh, I, I do think they're going to be coming back to him a little bit. I don't know. For me, it's just like I, he's still, in my opinion, like the third or fourth best closer in the race. And that's kind of where I was like, yeah, I, I can't get there with him. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I just love the price. I, and my, <laughs> in a race where I think that this is just this this could completely collapse. I'll take a shot with a thirty to one horse to try and close this thing out and to get a little bit of value because there are some chalkier legs earlier in the sequence. So want to take a little bit of a shot there with uh, with a big time price. Uh, I guess we should talk about two other horses uh, that I considered them, didn't use either. Hoist the gold. Uh, we'll start out with the 11 horse here. Uh, two back was able to win a grade two race. The Phoenix uh, went to the Breeders' Cup sprint, didn't run great there. The Phoenix was at Keeneland. This horse absolutely loves Keeneland. Uh, I just couldn't get, if you take out the Keeneland races, there's nothing that's competitive in here. That's why I didn't use the 11 hoist the gold. Yeah, this will definitely just be one that you will be very, very angry if the horse wins because you know that he does have form slash numbers slash class that fits pretty well here. But it's just like, man, from the eleven hole, I just don't know. And and it's it's just one of those things. More often than not, he just doesn't get there. He's four out of twenty five lifetime. I will say, you know, the race in the Phoenix probably good enough to be right there with this group. I just don't think he's going to get it done at the end of the day. Yeah, all for two at a mile distance, but I mean, to be fair, like I think he faced Cody's Wish one, and I don't remember who it was in the other. Like he was never winning either of those, so not completely going to hold that against him. Uh, but the mile probably not the best thing. And then the the twelve horse uh, pipeline. Previous Trad Brown Cheney heads over to Cherie Devoe. Talked about her on the Monday show. Uh, any any thoughts about the twelve pipeline? Because I looked long and hard on this one. You know, the race last time out, he looked more like himself at least for six furlongs until yep. he quit. Uh, I, I was <laughs> broken record. I was at Saratoga both these times he ran and he, he was not good ever nope. at either one of these. Just didn't run a step and he was three to five coming off that layoff the first time. I don't know if the trainer change is really going to do this one much good. I, I couldn't get there. I do think they'll just sim like hell, try to get the lead end of the day i just don't think he's going to be able to hang around yeah this is one that i i'm probably going to stable up and i don't think this is the day but i think there is a day where you get you get something interesting back on this one last time race was october uh first of two, uh, 2023 has since run two bullets and three workouts sub 48 at keeneland for sheree Devel. so the speed's still there uh we just don't know if the stamina is still there one other person mentioned the six 
High Oak in this chat. Rodney here. Uh, any love for the six at all, Aaron? No, I just can't. I mean, really good two, fir- two first races to start this horse's career and just... It's just kind of spun his wheels ever since. He's had trouble staying healthy. They finally kind of got him back to where he's running decent. But I don't have any 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 interest in the six in this spot. Uh, I again, this is another one. I think maybe seven furlongs the right distance. Maybe one that down the line I think makes a little bit more sense. Interesting that Katie Davis has ridden this horse four times out of the last six, but then Ired picks it up last time, and you see a, a kind of step in the right direction. Um, I, if the fact that size is aboard, I'm not like I'm not going to completely throw this one out, but at the same time, uh, I think kind of interesting at, at the price. But it, it, I'm already going five deep and using a twenty to throw in thirty to one, so it's hard to use horses like the six and the twelve as well, who I, I think are not in the form currently to be able to get the job done. Yeah, you'd. I don't know. I have to hit the all button to get to those two, but I'd have to go a little <laughs> bit deeper for sure. Yeah. Uh, if you wanted to get to the all button, you could single the three in the sixth race. You single the seven in the eighth race and pop the all button here and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I like it. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, let's run through our tickets here. Got to the end of the show. Aaron, since you're the guest, I'll let you kick us off here. Let us know about your pick five. Yeah. I'm going to single the three in the first leg. So hopefully you get through there. Going to go three with three, seven, nine with five, six, seven with Three four five seven eight with two three seven ten ninety dollar ticket for me. Go ahead, Mike. I'm gonna shave ten bucks off it. I'm gonna play an eighty dollar ticket right. here. I'm going to single the three as well to kick it off. So I will go three with three five seven eight with five seven with two three four five with two three four five nine. Uh, almost have a three in every single race. It'll cost you eighty dollars uh, for fifty cents there, and hopefully we get a nice little price home here in the Met Mile. Going to be a really interesting race. Kind of love this card overall. Like yeah. a really interesting card from top to bottom. Got some very good two-year-old races early. You've obviously got the two-year-old stakes races, but I, you know, the Met Mile, I think is or, I'm sorry, the cigar mile, I think, is going to be phenomenal at the end as well. So excited to see what happens there. Aaron, before we go, got a little uh, Thursday night football, but before we do that, gotta say what's up to Magic. How's it going, buddy? Uh, he's making a drive right now from Lansing to the Detroit Airport, heading back here to or back to California. So hopefully uh, we'll see him on Monday. Hopefully everything went well up in Michigan for you, Magic. I uh, can't wait to get a real co-host back. Um, anyway, uh, let's uh, let's talk Jade. a little. <laughs> what have I done wrong? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's been fun. It's been fun doing this for the last last couple shows. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I guess we got. I, are we going off right now? I can now close this out. Is uh, is Turfway number one gone off yet? Uh, let's, let's see. Turfway number one. No, one minute to post. All right. Who you like in Turfway number one? Let's start out there. Ooh. Uh, let's see. Did I have a strong opinion? No, I didn't really have a strong opinion in this one. I picked the six because I, I don't know. Duke is kind of a cool name. No, I picked the six and I like the uh, four and the three is kind of longer shots. Interesting. I pick, I was nine. But then I like the two cosmic stardust, twelve to one, uh, and thought the six was a logical winner as well. So I was I was nine two six here. Let me play like a, a nine six over the two three. What was it? Two three four. Is that who you liked? Uh, two three four. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Nine six with two three nine six with nine six with two three four two three four super. How's that sound? That sounds like it. I don't know how it's gonna lose. Honestly. Yeah. It's kind of a it's kind of a, a shitty one actually because we have chalk chalk in the first two spots. But other than that, I think it's a phenomenal ticket. Okay, yeah. Well, listen, hey, Banishing is also getting ready to run at Fairgrounds. That was a horse that everybody thought was going to win the Derby on Twitter last year, and then um, yeah, yeah, didn't do shit. But uh, back at Fairgrounds, <laughs> so we'll see what that one does too. We got action uh, coast to coast here. 
Curtis wants to know how his best bet of the day went. Uh, it hasn't ran yet, Curtis. You're next after this race. Where's so. he? What's he? He likes our Freddie Mac in the 10th race, the one in the 10th race at uh, Fairgrounds. All right, there we go. A little best bet action. All right, let's talk a little bit about the NFL game here. Uh, we've got Seattle heading in to Dallas. Total sit or the, the side sitting anywhere from eight and a half to nine and a half where you're shopping. Total 47 and a half last time I looked. Aaron, what'd you like here? Yeah, I hate this game. Uh, I I do think the Cowboys cover though, uh, but I hate laying nine and a half or eight and a half or any of a, any of a half with the Cowboys. They just I still don't trust them so much. Uh, Seattle really needs this game, and that kind of worries me a bit as well. The motivation factor. At the end of the day, I think the Cowboys are better. Seattle's really struggling, so I took the Cowboys. Yeah, I like the Cowboys here too. I wouldn't lay it. It's the numbers too big now. Um, if you have a book that is at nine. Or eight and a half. I would tease this game, either six or six and a half point teaser with Jacksonville on Monday night, who is laying eight and a half, most like most pretty much across the board um, against Cincinnati. I have Cincinnati as the 27th best team right now in the NFL and Browning now on the injury report after Burrow got knocked out. So it'll be interesting to see who plays quarterback uh, for Cincinnati against Jacksonville. So, uh, yeah, I have a, a Dallas teaser with with Jacksonville. And then I played a same game parlay, which I don't usually do, but you can get Dallas to win. Dak over 250 yards, Dak over one and a half touchdowns, which is heavily correlated to Dallas winning. Yeah, it's plus 120. I like that. I mean, that, that to me was a good way of, of yeah, kind of sprinkling it out. Dak's gone for two plus touchdowns, five straight games. He's gone for 250 or more yards in four of those five games. Uh, he's gone for 250 or more in every home game so far this year. And Dallas uh, beats people by like 20 at home. So uh, yeah. I did play that same game parlay as well. Oh, I like that. I like that one. That's a good one. Uh, that makes total sense. And, and again, it. I think Dallas is, I don't really doubt Dallas is going to win. So I, that's why I like it. I just doubt that they will cover that. You know what I mean? So I think that's kind of a creative way. And it, I'm not surprised you found a creative way to play that there. Yeah. Try to like, I don't love same game parlays, but if you can heavily correlate them, then I, I get a lot more excited about them because if you can make, you know, if X happens, why does X happen? you can come up with a pretty decent price on, on a pretty obvious outcome in my mind. We just turned for home here. Uh, looks yeah, like nine is going to get by this five, right? I think. And then the seven's trying to come, but I don't think he's got enough time. I, I don't know that the nine's going to get by. He's passed now. Okay, yeah. He, uh, yeah. And now it's the question of whether or not the seven can catch him. He's kind of fading out a little bit, but oh, the seven's not going to oh, get nine. there. All right, nine. Okay, moving along. In the Very nice. Yes, moving yeah. on to the next leg. All right, Aaron, thank you very much for joining me here on the Magic Mike Show. Uh, make sure everyone checks out racingdudes.com. We got free picks every race, every day. Sama bombs up for, uh, I think tomorrow is going to be Gulfstream and Aqueduct. We got opening day, maybe Turfway as well. We did Turfway the last couple of days. Uh, yeah. We've cashed four straight tracks, so pretty excited about that. Nice. Um, I, I may have to go back to Turfway if we do well there again tonight. Yes, I, I got a little excited after Wednesdays. Are you going to play Gulfstream at all? Now we got the championships meet going? Absolutely. I love the Gulfstream. Uh, is going to get better and better and better as the month goes on here. Yeah, I'm back to back to Gulfstream for sure. May have to stick to fairgrounds. I'm having a big day at the fairgrounds too, so I don't know. We'll, we'll have there to we see. Go. It's kind of we're in that in-between season uh, right now. Yeah, it's funny how during like the in-between season, I don't know if you do this too, I stay at one track if I start to get hot there. I'm like, 100%. you know what? I'm just going to keep playing this track. And like, it was Aqueduct for about two weeks. And then I'm like, eh, I'm not really hitting as hard as Aqueduct. Hit the early pick five today, but only paid like 400 bucks. So like, like whatever, you know? Um, so then it's like, okay, well, let's let's see what other tracks are out there. Kind of enjoyed Turfway yesterday. That's why I'm playing it today. Uh, Gulfstream traditionally been very good. What do you think about the Jockey Colony? 
we're going to see a golf stream once this gets going. Well, update me on who's going to be there first. Uh, so uh, Murphy's going. Okay. The international jockey, Osin Murphy. Okay. Uh, Velasquez is going to be there. And he's not normally there. Um, who else is? Uh, Vasquez is going. He's not normally there. Um, and then you've got Saez, Rosario. You've got both Ortiz brothers. Like it, it's going to be an interesting. Alvarado is going to be down there. I think it's going to be one of the more interesting colonies that we're going to see, just because of how many different ones from different places are all going down. I agree. Yeah, I didn't know that Murphy's going to be there. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's always really competitive you know the normal the normal group there's really good and yeah listen i i don't think it's any secret you and i both love that gulf stream meet when that gets going in the winter so uh, i think uh, we're excited for it uh, about equally as much but yeah i mean it's always tough to get mounts and that's the thing about it man it's always tough to get mounts there and get quality bounce and a lot of them go there because they're looking for derby horses they're looking for oaks horses and you know you look over the years it certainly uh, can produce those uh, last last thing before we go, because I keep coming up with random things I want to ask you. Great. Did you think there was a wild closer bias at Turfway last night? Oh yeah, I felt like it for sure. Right? Yeah. Like I, no one had a prayer to go gate to wire at that track. So I, I was interested to watch today and make sure that I wasn't just making this up. But it felt like a wild closer bias. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I liked the four in the last race last night. So I was out of the pick five as we documented. So I was like, ah, I'm gonna go all in on this four here, or not all in, but back in on this four here to try to try to make a little bit of a a dough. And and I'm watching it and I'm like, well, if it's playing like it's played all day, this horse is one to nine to get home because it was just way back. And there you go. Make that move, make that move. And then boom, gone. Yeah. So it, I felt like every race I'm watching the outside to just somebody to just pa- like circle all of them uh, in the stretch. Yeah. I just, I, I just popped out in my mind when I was watching those races. It's just like, I, and I don't play fair turfway enough to know, is that normal? Like I, I don't, I don't feel like it normally is just like, Hey, you want dead closers. I wouldn't say it's normal. I, I would say that that track, really favors a lot of times speed or, or not speed, but like stalking the pace. Right. Uh, I, I mean, not that you can't win from out of it, but I, I don't remember a night like that where every winner was just circling fields like that. Yeah. Very, very interesting opening day of fairgrounds and nine wins uh, from mid pack, I would say from like stalking the, the pace. So more traditional to what you're, you're generally saying there. All right. We've gone over an hour. I think okay. we've done enough here. Uh, thank you very much for joining us for the magic Mike show. We'll be back on Monday. Like I said, head over to racingdudes.com for the free picks every race, every day. Make sure you're checking out racing dudes backslash YouTube, subscribe, hit the like button. So you make sure, you know, whenever we come on live, talk horse racing to talk sports, whatever it may be. We got videos up for all the major stakes races coming up over this weekend. You've got the rock. You got the Samo bombs. You've got the the daily picks. Everything you need over there from a premium pick selection as well. So it's going to be a phenomenal Saturday race. I'm looking forward to having the Cigar Mile. You've got Delmar going. We've got the Gulfstream Championships meets back. It feels like we're starting to get back into the swing of things here after about a month of a lull there. So can't wait to get it going. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. We will be back. Well, I will be back on Monday. Uh, I believe my co-host Magic will be joining me there. Uh, but make sure you're checking out Aaron on Blinkers Off as well as Dudes Who Bet. Have a good one, everybody, and good luck at the track. The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.